0: this is the revival leadership podcast hey everybody welcome again to the revival leadership podcast where our goal is to help kingdom leaders become leaders in revival Today on the podcast, we have the privilege of chatting with Serene Rip. Serene is a colleague and friend of Greg and myself, working with InterVarsity Christian Fellowship uh, for 16 years, and currently she's on the national leadership team for planting new ministries. Several years ago, God called Serene to provide revival leadership, and she, like many of us, have been on a journey ever since to discover and discern exactly what that means. So today we're exploring the journey people might take as God leads them to provide revival leadership for the church and the parachurch. And we also wanna talk about what it means to get ready, to prepare for revival. How do we do that now? And why do we need to practice and prepare for revival by giving God our small yeses so so we can give him bigger yeses later when he asks for those. We're also excited to talk with Serene about what it has meant for her as a woman to be called into this kind of ministry. We believe this conversation with Serene will be an encouragement, especially to those listeners who struggle to see how they fit in Revival. This episode is on the longer side, but we couldn't cut it because it was just way too good. So without wasting any more time, let's get to our conversation with Serene Neddenrip on the Revival Leadership Podcast.
1: Well, hey super. serene, it's great to have you here on the podcast today. Um, Thanks. Yeah, all the way from sunny gray San Diego gray. It's sunny here in Rhode Island, and it's gray in Southern California.
0: It's, we went.
1: It's the way the way it should 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 always have been, <laughs> but normally isn't. so
2: but something's just not right in this world. Something's yeah. not
1: right. <laughs> So we're just excited to have you here to to share um, about your journey, uh, thinking about revival and being a revival leader. And so maybe we'll start out with the question we've asked other guests in the past, um, our, our one other guest, Ryan. Um, how did the topic of revival become important to you personally, Serene?
2: Yeah, yeah. Um... I guess it started for me when a team I was working on. Somebody, um, do you guys have feedback? No. No, we're good. Okay. Um, if if it gets bad, I'll switch to a different earphones.
0: Yeah, you're good. Um, you're good.
2: Yeah, for me, it started when I was working on a team and i um, in ministry, and we were seeing a lot of fruit, and we were, our prayer practices were really being transformed. And, um, as we were praying, one person just felt a ton of conviction toward revival and started talking about it a lot Mm. and, um, and it made me uncomfortable. And then he brought it up in a meeting with a bunch of us. And on the way home from that meeting, um, I was, I was a little bothered. Like it stirred me because it was, I wasn't comfortable with it, but it's supposed to be a good thing. Technically, like yeah. yeah, we should want that because yeah. we're Christian. But yeah. there's something in me that's just like, just because I'm Christian does not mean I'm on board with all the things that like, Christians like. Yeah, I have to like get myself on board.
1: Yeah. So and what uh, did and what did like revi- what did it mean to you when that um, colleague talked about revival?
2: Oh, they well, I think they got really excited about just lots of really crazy things happening. Mm, like yep. Um, it, it had the connotation of like lots of people um, coming out, lots of people be coming to faith, lots of stuff happening, massive growth all at once. So none of those things should be bad. But yeah. like I was like, mm, I don't, I mean, I don't really know how we participate in that. So I left with, and I asked someone in the car, I was like, Hey, how do you feel about revival? And they're like, I don't mm. know. I was like, me neither. They're like, what should we <laughs> do about it? And, I mean, we were not fully cynics, but that was, I mean, there's one way to get myself on board to start out and it's to just read. Mm. It feels solid. It feels like I can kind of take my time and my pace and it feels like no no one can watch me do it. So Mm. um, I kind of started asking around for books and I read um, the Welsh revival of 1904, which I think um, Ryan talked about in your last episode
1: with Evan, uh, Evan Roberts and yeah. the prayer movement in Wales that mm-hmm. it like i mean it w- wasn't it like it w- several hundred thousand people kind of came to faith or were awakened in their faith in the span of a few months
2: yeah and it had lots of it had lots of just stories. I mean, the yeah. old style stuff I love yeah. because they're just straight up stories and they're yes. so fantastical and they barely tell you the downsides. Yes. Um, <laughs> like that was just kind of how the old style...
1: They didn't talk about what a mess it, uh-huh. it was. They're, it's, they're not yeah.
2: self-critical at all. Yeah. <laughs> so, um, so they're just anyway. a really different genre than um, you know modern conversation. So yeah, it's like a whole other world. You enter into it, you're like... Taking a look around, and I was like, "Wow, I can see why um, some people really like revival because they're especially preachers, white guys." Sorry, yeah. both,
0: both of you are
1: white. Yeah, the, yeah, yeah. Po- you know, mostly caveat, white. Both, both of Adam and I are white. I mean, we are. Men, we are making
0: and, a podcast. So.
1: Yeah, yes, <laughs>
2: yeah, kind of a white thing to do. Yeah, it is. Um, I'm mostly white, but I was like. I'm not a white guy. I'm not a preacher. I'm not charismatic in the slightest. Yes. Like, people generally don't like me the first time they meet me. Um, so that's not like my, my gift to the world. Um, but I love the operations of the kingdom. I want the kinds of things that I'm reading about. Yeah. And I'm like, where would I fit in this? Mm. Um, and I think that was, I mean, that's a very selfish reaction to revival, but My first thought is where would I fit in this and would I even want that? Like I would be totally overshadowed. I would have no part in that. I see why people who are like Evan Roberts dig this, but
1: yes. um, But that also made me wonder like
2: what would it look like today? Uh, Yeah. yeah, Most of the women in the book are like little old prayer ladies. Yeah. We're like trying to take down the names of new converts and meet with them. But the new converts don't actually want that. They just want to go to the meetings and meet with Evan Roberts yeah. I was like, that sounds like a terrible job. First of all, I'm not administrative at all either. So
0: I just have <laughs> yeah. like
2: no place in the world. I'm a non-administrative woman. So historically, I'm just out of a job.
1: <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so you're so you're like this concept comes up and you're engaging with it, you're like, gosh, I don't know what I think about this, but I'm I'm interested. I'm curious. So you start reading these books.
2: Yeah, I mean I went from like cynical to curious at least so I started reading other ones but I was like I need to find some women I need to find like I'm not opposed to the Holy Spirit but I had the other issue of like I just really was just like uncomfortable with the Holy Spirit yeah and being intimate with God personally like I felt um, I'm fairly bold interpersonally but I'm very shy with God Mm -hmm. and um, so my personal prayer life started going undergoing transformation Wow. as I became curious as, so revival has also like been paired with a very personal journey of, am I okay with the Holy Spirit messing with me? Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. Am I okay with God deciding what I can and can't do? So mm-hmm. now I preach a lot more than mm-hmm. I did. Like I mm-hmm. preached, not at all. I just totally passed on it because my um, insecurities couldn't handle it. And yeah. But through prayer transformation, he's gotten a lot more obedience. And, um He's also like welcomed me and, and invited me to pursue the Holy Spirit more specifically. Wow! And um, that that is a huge deal because I was um, I was a pretty new Christian when I first started in ministry and mm-hmm. um, I, I had access to like basic Holy Spirit stuff, but mm-hmm. not. I, I don't come with like Pentecostal training or anything, but God <laughs> was asking me to. Invite him to do whatever he pleased in my life, yeah. Um, and to take a really close look at passages that had to do with that, he'd stir me, and I was getting very curious what would the Holy Spirit do with me? Yeah, um, what am I passing on? What is that? What is out there? So, revival and the Holy Spirit have really gone hand in hand as far as like growth. I still don't know what category I'd fit in. Um, I'm part of, I'm like a reverend in a Pentecostal movement now, but I still don't feel like really equipped or qualified as a Pentecostal Like I don't, the labels aren't that helpful for me, but I do know yeah. that like, yeah. um, I'm not as scared of the Holy spirit, but I still feel shy with God.
1: Yeah. It's, it's cool to hear you talk because it's like the process you went through. I mean, we talk about revival being both, um, a dynamic that involves lots of people, but it always involves individuals, right? And so uh, even as you're hearing about this concept and you're reading these stories and you're seeing, hey, wow, this happened and you have these questions, um, it's it's so cool that that um, stoked a personal longing for God to have more access to your heart, more surrender, for you to have more of an experience with the Holy Spirit and I think that's really cool that um, you went from this place of "Whoa, I'm not sure about this" to actually, no, I want, I'm actually want more of the Holy Spirit in my life. And I, I, I feel like that was a really similar journey actually to mine. Um, in that, I, I think it was a lot of times like reading these stories or hearing these stories about what God had done in other places and times. It actually made me like look at my own life and realize. I think I'm missing something mm-hmm. of like maybe even normative Christianity in my walk with God. And am I open to that? So that's Yo, like really, is
2: my normal what God would want for me? You know, is my mm-hmm. normal defined by me culture? um I, yeah, I There are
1: Christians say, around me,
2: you know, baseline. Is it baseline? Mm-hmm. Is it basic <laughs> or is it, um, yeah, I think like we all just want, we long to be thrilled by God. No one signs up to be a Christian to be bored. Yeah, right. I mean, I think there's something that happens when you first surrender to God that you want it all. You're like, wow, this is so exciting, and it, God's so compelling because He's much deeper than you are (laughs) it means deeper than anyone you've ever you know yeah the day that he you find the bottom of that depth you're like okay i'm out this is boring yeah but um as long as it keeps going deeper yeah that's exciting i could chase that for the rest of my life but yeah um so yeah probably like we come to the end of like normal just has a bottom it's yeah Mm. it's only so deep yeah and I think it doesn't matter how exciting or even how Pentecostal your church is. Like, you you just, you need refreshing. Like, it needs to be changed periodically.
0: Yep.
1: Yep. Yeah, it totally does. So you're kind of talking a little bit about your journey of almost like conversion to revival. And it reminds me a little bit of this book that InterVarsity Press Mm -hmm. produced called, um, what was that book even called?
0: I Once Was Lost. I Once Was
1: Lost, where it talks about these thresholds of a conversion journey. And yep. you actually describe two of them. So what, yep. what, the first one was like...
0: Oh, uh, open <laughs> there you go. <laughs> oh, there
1: they are. Yeah. Should, so if you're, I mean, listening, Serene has actually literally a journey map of that. Mm-hmm. But I think the first one is trusting, uh, trusting somebody that cares about revival. So... Sounds like part of that was your colleague um, on your team, or you're like, "Well, at least I owe this person, you know, to kind of consider their thoughts." So, or they're
2: legit, they're fruitful, they love God, yeah. they yeah. have some conviction that I can't ignore. All right, yeah, yeah. Um, it can't be the worst.
1: Yeah,
2: <laughs> I mean, people coming to faith. Yes, I do yeah. want people to under- I want people to meet Jesus. Yeah, and, and enter into a relationship with them. So I'm not saying, I didn't want to say no out of hand. So that led to like just being open, like just curiosity, yes. like reading, but it still was arm's length.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: Yeah. Um, the next threshold is called open, which means open to change. Mm. And I started imagining myself in a time of revival, what would I do? How would I see And maybe before it, if, it, if, this, if there's some longing, then it means it's not quite there there's something more to seek. Like, how would I seek it? What would I do? What would I change in my life? And that's when a lot of the Holy spirit stuff came up. Yeah. Um, just being like, well, what does that even mean? Um, what are the gifts, the manifestations? Mm-hmm. Why does that freak me out? <laughs> and is that okay? And just kind of working all that out between me and Jesus. Um, it also led to a lot of consecration where I started experimenting with change. Wow. Um, so consecration just means like, uh, at least for me, it probably means some program in some church somewhere. But <laughs> for me, it, it, it meant like just, um, I would basically say, God, is there anything that you want from my life? Anything that's taking up room so I can just make room. And yeah. I just felt like under this burden to start making room for the Holy Spirit.
1: Wow.
2: That's what I wanted. Yeah. I gave up all sorts of stuff that are still gone and, but every time I want something that I gave up, I think, well, how much more do I want the Holy Spirit now? But wow. that's like a new, totally new thing. Come on. So, um, and, you know, I, I, mean, I like it, beer and I gave up alcohol <laughs> permanently, I think. And I can't believe it. I mean, anyone who knows me would be like, that's dumb. <laughs> like, <laughs> I live in San Diego, which is like the land of great
1: craft le- The land of Sculpin and Ballast Point Brewery and all that.
2: Yeah, no. We went I, to a I few years ago when, yeah.
1: when you were still mm-hmm. drinking and I remember you telling me that you'd given up alcohol and I was I was almost caught short by it cuz I'm like Oh
2: yeah.
1: Wow, like serene. I'm, <laughs> serene. <that you're, laughs> serene. I'm not saying that you're
2: I'm not saying that
1: Serene's like a that you're a party animal, but I am saying that you <laughs> enjoyed <laughs> an occasional um an occasional uh, sip of this that. Yes. And <laughs> and The kind of, I mean, I just remember feeling so inspired Mm -hmm. by the level of your desire for the Lord, just hearing about that.
2: Well, it felt really dumb and I didn't know how to explain it. And people thought it was legalistic, Um, but it was like the opposite of that. It was like, Mm -hmm. it's it's just turned out to be this very present reminder because adults are offered drinks everywhere, (laughs) like just as part of our social being. Yeah. And so it challenges me to be like, I'm not doing this as a rule of my life, I'm doing this because I want the Holy Spirit more. And it just reminds me. So yeah. if I, there's days that I forget and get caught up in the weeds of life or discouraged in my seeking or my fire,
0: mm-hmm.
2: um, it actually turns out to be kind of helpful because I get offered a drink, you know, in social settings three or four times a week.
1: Yeah. And yeah. it's true reminders. It's yeah. true. So and three it, and or it, four
2: times a week. I'm like, no, nope, I'm kind of on this really long journey. Yeah, sometimes I'm feeling it. Sometimes I'm not, yeah. but this helps.
1: And it's so powerful because it's it. I mean, consecration and some level. It reminds me of of Mary, the mother of Jesus. Like the angel comes to Mary and is like, Mary, I have this this purpose for you. You know, you're gonna something's gonna enter the world through you, but you're, you're going to be pregnant, which means, and I don't know what they knew about drinking back then, but at least today, I mean, when you, when you are pregnant or when you're training for a race or whatever, there are things that you let go of for the higher purpose. And, uh, and that's like, that consecration is like such a theme about preparation for revival. So,
2: And, and you're right. It, it was a very personal call. Yeah, which is why it's not legalistic because I'm an enthusiastic person which marks me as someone who likes to enjoy a beverage (laughs)
0: Like
2: if I like beer i'm gonna like the very best beer if I like this food I'm gonna like the very like i'm just very enthusiastic about things that I do
0: Yeah,
2: um, so if this reminds me to be in It just converts my enthusiasm Mm -hmm. for something that I really want to keep my eyes on that prize and I think I just was tired of kind of sort of changing or slow mm-hmm. playing this growth. Damn. And it was already happening, happening in my life. But I just felt like God's invitation was like, do you want to wait? Do you want to put this off another 10 years?
0: Oh, wow.
2: Do you want to put this or 20? Like, yep. oh, you can. You don't have to do all the dramatic changes overnight. You're not, you, you know, you're not 19. That's not how adults change. But you also don't have to slow play it either. You don't Mm -hmm. have to do it the way everyone else does it. Yeah. So I just felt an invitation to like speed it up. Yeah. Um, Which was for someone who is shy with God. (laughs) Mm -hmm. I was, um, it cultivated space and more like that openness cultivated more openness. One thing led to another. I give up other stuff. I don't care anymore. He can have anything he wants. When did I become that person? Um, (laughs) Yeah. Now I find myself, the, so the, the next threshold that we talk about with like conversion or like how people come to like um, a knowledgeable um, decision to follow Jesus. But for me, this was um, a knowledgeable decision to be, um, I don't know, to say yes to who he's made me to be yeah for revival and in the Holy Spirit and stuff. But it's the, so the other threshold is seeking. Yeah. So I went open to like actively, energetically seeking. Yeah. Um, whoever he wants me to be like actively seeking a yes. Yeah. Mm. yeah. And then um, rapidly that f- um, fell into like a series of calls he put on my life to become a revival leader. Come on. Or to provi- um it wasn't to become one. It was more to like provide revival leadership. Mm. Um, mm-hmm. It was. And then I felt like he gave me some different people would cross my path or And give me what I needed.
1: Yeah.
2: To do that. Yeah. Uh, So I'd be like, "How will I do that, God? Um, I need some kind of like leadership juice." So someone came along and prayed kind of leadership over me, like within Mm. the month. Yeah. And then um, a month later, something else would happen where I felt like um he was just providing for the kind of call he had on my life. Yeah. And I still I don't really know where this thing is headed, but. Um, he has my gas. Re- That's kind of all I got. I got. A I re- and I remember
1: at, at least at one of those call moments, I, I I do remember getting to. It was at a conference we were at together where. Yeah. I got to kind of watch that. It was a holy moment, and it's been so rad to watch you. If you
2: weren't there, I don't know if I would have said it out loud. It was so freaky <laughs> to just. I don't know, like when the Lord's like, would you? Re- I need you to provide revival leadership. And I'm like, well, no one's really looking to me for that. Mm. Lord, <laughs> um, not in my ministry. I know people who are better qualified for that. I'm a woman. Have you noticed? Yeah. Remember? You made me yeah. a woman. Um, I'm not that confident in my speaking. Um, I have all these issues. Um, you know, I get along with only some kinds of people. All, just all <laughs> these. i like all these reasons that that's maybe not the smartest choice. I was like, but if you, but I've given you a lot of guesses, you can have this of course.
0: Yeah.
2: Um, But I'm going to need kind of a few resources for that.
0: Yeah.
2: And, um, but I also just felt like um, to provide revival leadership means that he had something in mind for his people and he needs some people to be ready for that. So I just, it, now it's gone from um a, a season of concentration consecration to just really getting ready, which is similar, but yeah. You know, mm. Just feeling like the call is to be ready.
1: Yeah. yeah. When
2: he wants to do something, to yeah. be ready for it.
1: Yeah. So, so I wanna I don't uh,
2: know what the something I, is, but
1: <laughs> I think it'd be cool to talk more about that, but just to I mean, even to recap the kind of journey that you went through. I th- I feel like just to draw that out a little bit for Uh, our listeners is, is a really interesting journey. Like how does somebody go from zero to 60? How does somebody become uh, to enter into that calling as a revival leader? And I, I suspect it probably takes a similar pathway. I mean, it goes from hearing about the concept from somebody you trust and then to becoming curious about it. And so obviously I feel like a lot of folks, if you're listening to the podcast right now, it's probably because you're loose curious. There's some level of curiosity, yeah, maybe this
2: is your arm arm's length. I can listen in the privacy of my own thoughts, yeah, like I'm figuring this out. how do I feel about revival and yeah. um, potentially god's whatever he's stirring that's bothering me,
1: yeah. Yeah. And and I feel like one thing that you did, Serene, was you you started reading. And it, that's actually something Adam and I have done. In fact, most people I know right now that are passionate about revival have started reading something about it.
2: At least the history, like what's happened before. But yeah. I, I mean, you can look at it with critical lens, too. There's room for us critics. Yeah. There's room for it.
1: So like nothing's ever all roses. I mean, there's an underside to every story. There's, there's a revival is a mess. Like Jonathan Edwards described it. Like, I mean, this wouldn't make sense to you, Serene, but new England in the springtime is like, yeah, it comes out of winter, but is a freaking mess. Like there's pollen everywhere, mud, mosquitoes, you know, there's just a lot of life and a lot of it's very messy and, and but I mean I there is something about reading those stories. So reading Evan about Evan Roberts or reading about the Azusa Street Revival or reading or, about-
2: for some lady examples. Come on. Amanda Smith, Amy Simple McPherson, Jackie Pollinger. These are all just women who Yeah, I mean I had to hunt for some women examples and they, yeah. they've become like my tutors, my mentors, yeah. my historical mentors. So yeah. Evan Roberts, I connected with not even a little bit <laughs> just who he was and how he operated, like I could see a lot of people I, I didn't just like him, but I was like, nope, that's not me, that's not me, that's not me, and I just felt really hungry for like yeah. where where am I
1: yeah, where are yeah. you and then and then just to finish up this thought is um you began as you be said yes i'm I'm curious about this, begin exploring. Um, eventually there came a time where you were personally implicated in revival. And the question for you was, am I open to some change? Am I open to personal revival? Am I open to personal change in the way I, I relate to God, the way that I lead, the way that, you know, the things roll down in my life? And you said yes to God. And not only that, you began actively seeking, um, seeking god for revival and then as he kind of called you into that you said yes to it so
2: Mm -hmm.
1: so anyway it's worth thinking about like as you're listening like where are you in the journey and what is your next step so um but adam you had a thing you wanted to ask Um, serene about
0: well you we've mentioned it a couple times now but i would love to hear more serene about um some of just the challenges or the dynamics that you did face and probably still are facing as a quote mostly white woman who's stepping into revival <laughs> leadership, um, yeah. W- what have you had to work through, and then how has how have you overcome that, or how, how have you dealt with those types of things? Uh, yeah.
2: Yeah, I mean, I have dealt with them poorly. <laughs> <laughs>
1: Great. We can all right. Moving yeah, on. No, we can feed off. So- of-
0: Okay. No,
2: I'm th- i I th- I feel like that's important to say because there's room yeah, to be yeah. not ready.
0: Yeah.
2: Um, but getting ready. Yeah. So you can give your yes to Jesus, not knowing what you're getting into, or able y- your ability to do it, and um, like you can think it's a really dumb idea or not smart or not ha- not see the path forward, but whatever He asks of you, and I think, um. So I felt like this call to get ready. And I was like, well, I need some mentors. So I started finding women that I could mm-hmm. learn from and Amy simple McPherson really helped me. Mm-hmm. Uh, just, she was just so different in her time. Mm.
1: Um,
2: and just a hot mess and <laughs> you know, a conundrum to everyone around her, even her closest people, mm-hmm. but God just really used her Miley and she, um, She just had a way of seeking God and saying, yes, um, that really helped me find my way forward and kind of take the pressure off getting it right.
0: Yeah.
2: Um, Then I also started calling up women who I just had a hunch Mm -hmm. um, might know something about it. And so I would call up women and maybe my network of people saying, hey, so what do you think about revival? Mm -hmm. (laughs) That was my opening line because I'm really smooth. (laughs) (laughs) And they're like, "Hi, I don't know you. I think we work in the same kind of area, <laughs> but um I was like, "Okay, hold on, let me warm up, warm up for a minute." Okay, so what did you think of revival? <laughs> and I get the response a lot of times um who t- who told you?
1: Huh.
2: And you're uh, call, they had
1: calling these these um, ladies up on the phone, and women you know,
2: who I had a hunch sort of like... Rolled in the Holy Spirit, or were praying for revival, or had some chops, or who could tell me a little bit about this landscape. And I was really looking for people further along than myself. Yeah. And I'd been reading for a little bit, um, but I just needed some friends on the journey. Yeah. And I would call them, and they hadn't, they had some call. A lot of them had some call to provide revival leadership. Wow. Each of them in their different words, some of them um, to lead prayer movements. Yes. Mm-hmm. Um, that they hadn't done yet.
1: Wow. Um, so then
2: I w- they'd be like, who told you? And now I have to do it. So then we'd encourage each other and pray and just talk about Wait, maybe what the Holy Spirit could do. Or someone would be just experimenting with some Holy Spirit stuff on campus and they hadn't really let any of their supervisors know.
0: <laughs> yeah.
2: Um, so they felt like they were on their own, doing it on their own. And they were like, yeah. how, did, how did you know?
0: Yeah.
2: yeah. And um, this was really um, a strange, like how do closeted Holy Spirit revivalists find each other.
1: Yeah.
2: Um, especially since, and we found that a huge layer of why it was underground for us personally in our call was that the environment we were in, we weren't sure how it would be received. And there's already such just to fight to be in ministry as women and to yes. hold our, just to hold our call with our head held high and to yes. trust God that he put us here. So we're not looking to, you know, You're not like,
1: looking to pick a fight.
2: <laughs> we're not looking to pick any new fights. Like, if yeah. <laughs> I mean, we'll, we're fine getting shoved into battle that the Lord picks, but it's a little harder. We we feel like there's plenty of fight going on.
0: Yeah,
2: yeah. Um, and, and a lot of it's internal. It's not interpersonal.
1: Yeah.
2: Um, and many of these women who've like tried to find ways to lead out according to their convictions have been received really well. So, mm. um. There is something remarkable happening. So I just started developing a network, just a list of names of people who I knew God had a special call on for something,
0: uh, for yeah. prayer
2: or for revival or for like Holy Spirit leadership or just something different.
0: Yeah.
2: And um, I started, and most of them were women. But when I think of re- people who are openly talking about revival, I think of you, Greg. <laughs> I think of Ryan <laughs> Pfeiffer, who you had last time. I think of a few others, um, friends who have been just very open with it. And, yeah. you know, like who immediately, as soon as you have a personal call, you go very public with it. Yeah. Whereas everyone else had gone private and um, it had something to do with us being women. It had something to do with... Um, needing an invitation to come forward. Yeah. So I found a lot of women and a lot of women of color who have a very specific call to provide leadership toward revival who had not told anyone.
1: That is so...
2: It was wild. Wild. It, I said I'm mostly white. I'm quarter Chinese. So I have this... Um, and it, it, I mean, one thing leads to another. It's also led into me um, owning my own... Um, how God made me also plays into, um,
1: mm-hmm.
2: I, I feel like I have, it's, I'm starting to form some hunches and desires that I would like to see if he were to revive when he is to revive. You can see I'm like in process. <laughs> this is a real thing, right? Lord, you really are going to do this. Like you're promising. I, re- I really
1: believe he is serene. And I think that's why you have a call. See, I'm
2: just trying to get ready in case, but I mean, and- my faith is growing as but I go.
1: Here's my question for us. Um, and this is not on our podcast uh, plan, but why would God be saying that secret thing to so many people at all the same time?
2: Right. No, that's, it's increasing my faith, but I went into this just thinking, okay, I'm supposed to get ready for something and yeah, I should yeah. like call somebody, find some help. Yeah. Um, but then it would get turned over on me. Like, are you going to help me <laughs> Like, now that you've unearthed this thing?
1: <laughs> now, that, now that you've identified this calling and you've helped me. And part of what you're doing, too, is you're just helping. I mean, you said that I was sitting next to you when you spoke the words in, out loud and you said yes to, to this call in your life. But part of your ministry to a lot of people has been to give them an ear to let them say the thing God said to them and say yes to it. And yeah, that's an, a, that's a really powerful ministry to like actually activate people, mm-hmm. um, especially women and women of color and all women, um, who have this call to say yes. And it doesn't, you don't have to look like Evan Roberts to be a revival leader. And, right. and so much of the revivals of the past have taken place in certain, you know, with certain kind of gender power contexts, you know, and, and, um, um, and so our histories are colored by that, but it's clear that God is wanting to activate people, and I'm. Just, it's cool that it's cool to hear about those conversations. Like,
2: they're really cool. I just, I mean, when I haven't had one for a while, I'm wondering which one's going to come up next, and yeah. how will I find them? Yeah. Or who will I end up praying for? That like, um, I end up discovering. It, I gathered some women to pray. Well, it was women and men, but only one man showed up at a conference I was at. And (laughs) um, we were all so tired. It was like the last day of the conference. But people showed up early to pray anyways. And and I was like, well, I'm supposed to get ready as a revival leader. So welcome to my party on this. I don't really know what I'm doing, but let's pray. Mm -hmm. And I'm assuming maybe some of you are called to that too, probably all. Cause that's how I talk. And then um, they all got freaked out and we prayed through whatever came up <laughs> from the freaking out of like, Hey, do you want to lead in revival? Um, but then one person called me just last month mm-hmm. and said, I just, it's stuck on me that I was called to this and I said no for a while. And I just need to call and confess that I am called to provide revival leadership. I didn't want to do it because of certain things um, that that meant for her. And she was like, "But I just need to go on record that I'm in, yeah, and then I got to pray with her and a, another woman at another conference I was at at the so now I like it's a partnership and a friendship, and like fully in, so I don't know um timing or what it will look like, but I've got to think some of this is like a promise for what kind of revival we look we're looking at, which mm-hmm. is um a lot more like what um what the Joel passage says that he'll pour out a spirit on all people, like what, how Peter preaches and acts to mm-hmm. um, men and women, but also mm-hmm. people of every color. I just feel like it has, if it's going to be good, it has to do something the church has never been able to do on its own. Yeah. Right. And so I just have some growing convictions that some actual justice, some things will be righted in the mm-hmm. church that mm-hmm. we can't write ourselves. We can't do it with programs or conversations right. or tools. Yeah. Um, and so I'm hoping that these women will, I don't know, um, be able to provide leadership that's far beyond the cool preacher network, (laughs) cool hipster preacher network, you know, it's a limited audience.
1: (laughs) And, and I mean, we have talked about this several times in past, um, podcasts, but idea of revival as a breakthrough is a fundamental breakthrough that restores or, Op- or unleashes the kingdom of god in ways that hasn't entered into the status quo and past revivals um, a lot of them have been led by men because um, women weren't necessarily um, empowered in the same way welcome, yeah welcome to, to lead i and, have to um,
2: believe though it wasn't like that i mean the history books just write it as they see it but
1: yeah. I mean, so, you've got to
2: think like some of the women were badass. They just didn't get written down.
1: Well, in <laughs> that and takes probably, a little faith, of course. Probably in terms of like the subaltern histories or like the, the histories that weren't ever told, officially recorded. I mean, well, even you can see though, even in the official recorded histories, there's always a group of people that are praying before the revival. And a lot of times, more than a lot of times, they're ladies, they're women. Yeah. Yes. And this is true in the revival in Sweden that the, the covenant church my, my denomination was birthed out of. It was almost all women um, that were that were praying before the revival. So that's very interesting. Um, yep.
2: No, I mean I don't think God does not notice how he uses women. Yeah. <laughs> like and I'm pretty sure he's like sort of trying to work within yep. our time, but I also think um, our normal right now is like we can't get to a new normal without just some intervention mm.
1: some by the some holy
2: spirit like we holy need inter- like the church needs intervention because yeah. the normal right now is painful mm-hmm. like mm-hmm. if we live in a you know the most modern times we've ever lived in and yeah. it's still painful for women to acknowledge their preaching gift
1: yeah
2: or to acknowledge their prophetic gifts yeah It's still painful to speak to power in the church. It's still, it's like still painful for people of color to see how the church handles with such like a wide range of um, competency, like the issues around race and justice. Like that's not good. The church should lead in that stuff. (laughs) So we have some room to grow. That's not, that's not really the issue. The gap's great. So there's plenty of places for the Lord to intervene and, raise this up but yeah i'm hopeful that the new normal will definitely be in the area of empowering a much wider range of people
0: yeah
2: and whatever at least for our time i feel like that's the, that feels like the cry of every heart even people who don't particularly know god or are comfortable with him
0: mm-hmm. Yeah.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: so i mean answer our cry god like yeah. <laughs> we need some help like, yeah. we don't and i mean i
1: i think the other pieces too like i mean for um, women listening to the podcast, um, uh, there you can be a revival leader and God may be calling you to provide revival leadership. And I, I just think it's so important for us to say, like, it's not any one kind of person that's called to seek God for a breakthrough of his kingdom. Right. and. Yeah. um we may just only have one image in our mind of what a revival leader looks like, but we need to be open um, to God giving us um, leadership from from different kinds of leaders that we haven't we don't have in the back of our mind yeah um, and one dude, serene one thing I want to ask is when we were talking one of the thing like kind of getting ready for this podcast like one thing you were saying about the specific call on your life as a revival leader, like one of the questions of this podcast is like, what does, what is a revival leader? And you're an image of that. And you kind of, one thing you were saying is a specific assignment you feel like God's given you in this time is to get people ready. Um, so tell us more about that. Like, what does that mean to you? Like, what is it? Why do, what is it? mean to get people ready why do you think that's important and what does that look like
2: um all right so i think um my own call to provide revival leadership. I don't know if I could like get on board with the phrase, be a revival. Like, you right. yeah. yeah if I, I, li- like, I, like,
1: I like your nuance of that phrase. So yeah.
2: I mean, yeah, I think to provide, it, um, yeah, to provide it. Yeah. And as the Lord gives you like leadership gifts to provide yeah. that great. If you have to do it without leadership gifts, do that too. If the Lord asks you like, but it, it feels like, um, if there is something he wants to do, he needs some people to be ready Mm. to say yes. And I was thinking about this. I was thinking about how like um, if he, if something had broken out, like some crazy um, opportunity for the kingdom, lots of people were coming to faith and someone called me up and says, Hey, Serene, get down here. Like a lot of people are here and they just need some leadership. Like they need, you know, some help getting to know Jesus. They need some prayer, whatever, but there's just too many. We need help. Hands on deck. I would be like, okay, I can do all of those things. Um, But I would kind of be worried, like Mm. what is going, I mean, if this had happened a couple of years ago, or if I was in a room and like God just fell in a different kind of way, I think I'd probably be worried first or scared first, because I wasn't ready. My trust hadn't been built. I was not curious. I was not open to changing. I was not seeking that it was so it wouldn't have been an answer to prayer. It would have just been kind of um
1: a giant divine, scary interruption,
2: yes, or like um it's a giant it's like a giant wave, it's fine if you know how to surf, <laughs> <laughs> like it's actually good if you know how to surf, and it's kind of terrible if you don't
1: yeah, dangerous um, even eat it
2: or if you can't swim, so there's some <laughs> things you can do like get ready to enjoy waves uh, <laughs> yeah. And I feel like that's with revival. Like if my initial reaction to most things is cynicism, um, then I think he needed to get me ready to Mm -hmm. be open to even praying for it. I was not going to pray for it if I did not want it. And if it came and I didn't want it, I would just say no, thanks. And I think that's, um, that's just a reality of maybe humanity, maybe our culture. I don't know. Um, so then I've just been thinking like revival is going to mess things up. It's going to mess up the status quo, a new normal. Not everyone likes change in mm-hmm. order for us to be able to say yes to something God wants us to, to do. We kind of ha- need to have momentum in our yeses. Mm. So for me, he gave me momentum in my, he, he got one yes, then another, and then another, and then another, and all of those yeses add up to, I hope like that I have enough yeses to like yes muscle in me spiritually where when he wants to break out around me, I'm ready and game for anything mm. because I trust him. Cause I I've, I've seen it work before. Cause I've seen that it's fruitful. It's not scary. His power is overwhelming, but not bad. Yeah. And um, I think if he needs to change the church, that is going to mess with some things <laughs> Um, if he needs to change Christians and their mindset, that's going to like upend a few things. Yep. So people need to be ready to give him that yes. And you don't start with the biggest one. You start with um, a small one. Mm-hmm. Like maybe I do want to read any book on revival, like a historical revival.
0: Mm-hmm, maybe, yep.
2: I, maybe I want to find someone that would look like me. Maybe I want to imagine with some friends in prayer, what revival might do for my city. Um and maybe I want to like get on board with saying, yeah, I kind of do want that. So mm-hmm. like one yes leads to another. Mm-hmm. Um, so I feel like everybody has a different starting point. Um, and for some, it's like a latent call that they haven't said yes to yet. So it felt really, it just felt really good when I helped my friend say, yes, I'm in God, you can use me in the way that you want to. Yeah. When she called me that one time. Yeah. Um, and it felt good to help other people go on record with the thing that God was asking from them. And then just encourage them, give them your yes, like give Mm -hmm. them the yes on this, who knows where it will lead, but give them that yes too. start writing blank checks for yes toward God. And maybe, Mm -hmm. um, just as your courage grows, um, hopefully, you know, when Jesus comes close, we have the courage to call on him rather than run away. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, I don't know. Just we're just preparing to be courageous spiritually.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah.
2: Um, otherwise, I—I I mean, I never really like tried to pray for healing for people because I didn't want to fail at it. Mm-hmm. So I had to let like, but you—the only way to get good at that is to practice it. <laughs> so you yeah. have to like say yes once, <laughs> and then again, and then again, and hopefully you get some encouragement along the way where it works.
1: Yeah.
2: Um, yeah. But same with like praying for. Um, deliverance, or praying for the Holy Spirit to um, change someone's heart toward Him, or praying for my family is like uh, one thing just leads to another. You have to start somewhere.
1: Yeah.
2: Um, so I just feel like there's no pressure to be like, I want to be a revival leader. What is the program? <laughs> like, I want to, but I want to become what God wants me to be. And I think um, boxing myself in to um anyway there's this passage with elijah on them after he's just kicked some tail on mount carmel you'd think he'd be full of courage and feeling super cool and authoritative but instead he's like on his face it says with his head between his knees like fetal position on his face and he's like still worried that the rain's not going to come even though god's like saying the rain's going to come yeah um And he's sending the servant to go look for the cloud and it says he sent him seven times. He's like, it's not there. It's not there. Finally the servants like there's a tiny little hand sized cloud on the horizon. And then Elijah's like, all of a sudden he's filled with courage again. And he's Mm -hmm. like, um, and I just, I feel like it took so many yeses to get to that point. Like lots of weird stuff happens in Elijah's life that he, he had to say yes to lots of small things to get to the point where he could announce rain is coming. Yeah. Um, But in that image, I always just imagine myself as the servant, just, um, I'm, I had read that passage over and over and that's my role. Whoever the cool revivalist is, I'm the one running to the horizon and helping them. Mm -hmm. Um, and then someone prayed over me and they're like, no, you're, you're Elijah. (laughs) I don't understand that whole concept of myself, but, um, I realized all my, and, and then I read over the life and I realized all my yeses were more like Elijah's yeses rather than like running to the servants. yes Anyway. So my, my self concept would have limited me to the servant's role of mm. helping
0: mm.
2: In revival. And um, so I would have never have like designed something where I would eventually be a revival leader and anything that ended there, I would never start saying yes to, mm. but I said yes to God in one thing, and then another, and another, and then, and then I get to the point where He's like, "No, I need you to lead like in the pattern of Elijah, not this other guy." Huh. So He was like changing all those things the whole time. Yeah. I don't know if that makes any sense. Yeah. Uh, yeah. But yeah. as a woman, you just don't be like I'm Elijah because <laughs> no one looks at me like that. <laughs> like,
1: yeah, and I think I think this is so helpful to just to think about as i mean we're talking about providing revival leadership i like how you say that but the first step really is to say yes to the lord how is the lord calling you to say yes to him right now and later i mean part of this is we're practicing we're practicing for when um god opens the heavens and when god um begins to move in powerful ways, in disruptive ways by his spirit, which we believe is, we believe it's going to happen. It has to happen. If it doesn't happen, we're, we're in trouble, but we need to get ready for it. And the way, um, I, I just love how you give us a really simple way: is You just say yes to the next thing. Give, give Jesus your next. Yes. And, um,
2: have you guys read about Jackie Pollinger? no um like she's still current like she travels around and speaks and stuff she's fire but she um she is this woman who just felt conviction to go to china to hong kong i think oh shoot i'm gonna get all the details wrong anyway somewhere else and she was told to go and she just gets on a boat and goes and she almost wasn't allowed to get off the boat because Um, she had nowhere to go. She didn't know any people. She didn't have any money. She's a single woman in the eighties and she's going to like a drug ridden crime ridden city. And um, eventually like, like the just miracle after miracle she's there. Um, But that first yes of just like getting on the boat, like that's such a big yes
0: Mm -hmm. (laughs) to
2: start with. But one thing led to another and um, the Lord transformed how she thought about ministry, how she Mm -hmm. saw herself. She's, he transformed how the church saw um, criminals in mm. their own city. He transformed um, how they did missionary work there
1: mm.
2: um, just because of this woman's first, you know, totally unknowledgeable. Yes.
0: Yeah.
2: To get on a boat. Yeah. And um, yeah, I don't know. I just, it, we have to like, I think we just have to give him an open-ended thing like that. We can't yeah. control where it's going. And yeah. if if we knew too much about where, everything's leading then we might say no because it would freak us out i mean i would say no for sure
1: (laughs)
0: yeah
2: um if i knew that i would become um i think i've I've always been really afraid of becoming a weird holy spirit person yeah i don't actually want to be weird i want people to like me (laughs) but so i you know you got to start with the small yes and then at some point i've turned around and been like do i care about that anymore he
1: he transforms us in the process and as we say yes to the lord um he changes us and so i think that's a good i think that's a good ending point to go out on so um you know as you're listening to this um you know give the lord your next yes and the next yes after that and um and I guess maybe, Serene. Why don't you give? The, why don't you give the closing exhortation? Any final word that you would have for Christian leaders, pastors, campus ministers, thinking about revival, curious about it, listening to this podcast? You had to wrap it up uh, and give a, a final exhortation. What would you say?
2: Sure. Um, well, I just imagine that. As you listen to this, and as you think about revival, lots of reasons come up why you wouldn't be included.
0: Mm.
2: And I just, um, I encourage you to diligently put each of those before God and ask him to, yeah, just ask him about each of those, if those are reasons that are deal breakers for him. Um, but then also, and then ask him for what he might be inviting you to. And just like an open-ended question, like what, um, why am I on this journey? Why am I so curious about this? What are you doing in my heart Mm
1: -hmm.
2: with this, with this thing called revival? And why am I so interested in learning about this? And what are you promising? Mm -hmm. And then um, organize yourself to, to make some space to hear from him and let him lead you. I think the most dangerous thing for us is when we start telling him what we can or can't do Mm -hmm. based on our own self understanding. Cause we're always growing in that. We're going to find out things about ourselves this year that we didn't know last year. So assume that we don't, you don't know anything about yourself yet and you're going to find out all sorts of interesting things about how God made you and um, start diligently asking him what he's doing in you and why you're so interested because if you're listening to this, you're probably interested. The the title is fairly narrow. (laughs) So, I mean, but don't be afraid of, um, I think especially for people of color and women, um, the church may not have gone there before. Mm
0: -hmm.
2: They may not have written down um, the people who impacted things except for the white guys. Um, But that means that I don't know. I just i I have a growing conviction that there that that is part of the promise for this round of a revival, mm-hmm. and if it comes in my lifetime, or if I'd never ever see the fruit of the promise, like Hebrews twelve, um, gonna
1: run the race.
0: Yeah,
2: we got to endure. So I f- I find that both encouraging, discouraging, and you know directive as far as like get well do your job, be yourself, you know. Figure out what God needs you to do and then do it. And um, I don't know. I think it's, uh, it. and then for, I would say for white guys <laughs> or people who really like revival and are excited about it naturally, whoever's like, this is mine. This is my jam. I'm super into this. Maybe that category is broader than white guys. <laughs> Apologize, but since I'm looking at two of you. It
1: definitely uh, is broader, <laughs> but.
2: But I just think maybe um, I would just really consider the costs that God might ask you to pay along the way that um, that would just um, as far as um, if the church really changes, it'll probably be upsetting and that that's going to be something that needs to be led in the church.
0: Mm -hmm.
2: Mm -hmm. Um, So um, I think that's just going to be part of it yeah and And if we're not scared if we're courageous then maybe we'll all say yes at once and god can do all the things he's always wanted to do for us
0: thanks for listening to the podcast today we pray that this has been encouraging and challenging maybe both Uh, we pray that god is getting us all ready to surf the waves of revival when they come and in the meantime may we all be positioning ourselves to provide revival leadership by consistently giving Jesus our own personal yeses now, even though they might be small, so that when uh, we're asked of a greater yes, we are we are ready to respond. Uh, give us your thoughts, and your feedback, suggestions on this episode, and all our episodes. You can email us at revivalleadershippodcast at gmail.com. You can rate us on iTunes. And if you enjoyed this or found it helpful, please share the podcast with others. You can find us at RevivalLeadershipPodcast.com. We also have a Patreon page set up. If this is blessing you and you want to help bless others by supporting the podcast financially, you can head over there. You can get that link from our website as well. All right. That's it for us. We'll see you next time on the Revival Leadership Podcast.